We hear questions like these all the time. Can TSR injury law help me if I'm hit by a driver with no insurance? Yes. How about if not enough insurance? Yep. If you've been injured, it's TSR time. Call us today for a free consultation at 612-TSR-TIME. Not far from training camps now, let's talk to Jeff Diamond, former Vikings general manager, star of Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider here at TalkNorth.com about what's going around the league, what we might see that might look a little different at this camp, and uh, we're going to make fun of some people because that's what we do here on this show. Uh, let's let's start, Jeff, with uh, how dramatic is a changeover these days in the NFL? Uh, is And is the changeover mostly due to different personalities of the head coach and the general manager or, or, you know, I mean, what, what, what does happen in a transition like this from, you know, kind of grumpy Rick Spielman and crotchety uh, Mike Zimmer to Kevin O'Connell and Quezzi Odofa Mensa as well as we know them so far. Yeah. I think it'll be interesting to see exactly how training camp looks different, how the season looks different, how their approach is different. We, we know that, they certainly want to be very inclusive with the players and have them giving input and, and all that. And and I think that there's a more, shall we say, relaxed atmosphere, at least in the off-season program. But things do change in training camp and things ramp up and, and you start, obviously, with hitting and pads and all that. But we've already gotten words that they're not going to use all 16 padded practices in training camp. They're only going to have nine padded practices. They're, they got the 49ers coming in mid-August for a couple of days of workouts. They're going to have scrimmages at TCO Stadium and something at, the, at, at U.S. Bank Stadium. So I think they're going to try to mix it up and keep things interesting for the players because training camp can certainly get a little repetitive. We know that. And – I think the more they can keep it fresh, the better for the players. And it's just so much different, as we've talked often about, compared to days past when they did two-a-days and banged heads all, all the time in training camp. And nowadays, because the off-season program is expanded, uh, even though it's less than it was maybe 10 years ago, but it's expanded compared to back when I first started in the league. And so there, there's definitely – a feeling that they've gotten a lot of the work in, they've gotten the installation pretty much done in the off-season program. Now they can really start fine-tuning everything as they get towards the the regular season opener with the Packers and start working on stuff they want to do in that opener. And so they'll be a little coy, certainly, and I'm not sure fans are going to notice a huge difference early on in camp because it's just – Training camp is training camp. They got to get their work done. And I think if the fans that are going out to watch the Vikings training camp this July and August, they're not going to notice a, a huge difference because it, it just is basically the same. I think the, the players notice a difference just because of the atmosphere. And so it will be obviously interesting times starting 
July 24th when the rookies come in, and then July 26th when the vets report, and then first practice uh, or shortly after that. Although they, they have this ramp-up period now where there's really kind of a, a slow ease-in in terms of, of the heavy-duty practices and probably won't have their first padded practice until till maybe closer to July 30th. So it's an exciting time, and players and coaches, as we know, have been on vacation basically since the end of, of, of minicamp in mid-June, and they've had their month off, and now they're kind of slowly re- reporting back to work and, and ready to go, and I'm sure they're refreshed. And I always really appreciated this time period before training camp and after minicamp to have that kind of month to re-energize, regroup after a really busy offseason uh, with, with signings and with camps and all that. So I'm sure they're refreshed and, and excited and ready to go. And right around the corner will be that opener with the Packers, and they just have to get through these three lousy preseason games. <laughs> Thanks for listening to TalkNorth.com. We recommend subscribing to your favorite podcast app to whichever shows you like. Uh, this is one of our two Viking shows on the network, along with the Viking Update show with John Krasinski and myself taking the writer's view of the Vikings. Uh, check out all the other shows. We've added Nate Prosser, so we've now got four hockey shows. Uh, we have Cheryl Reeve did a great show this week. John Krasinski is great on the Wolves. Uh, you know the rest, Russo, LaPanta, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Just great people up and down the line. Lots of outdoor content. We've added Dave Lee and Blois Olson uh, for some more variety to our, our lineup. Uh, and just check out TalkNorth.com. Check out all the shows and the archives of the shows. Thanks to our producer, Brandon Morton. And, you know, we're going to get into some fresh NFL news. But, I, you know, my, my staff uh, at the Star Tribune, we've all been figuring out who's going to take what trips. We have multiple people who travel with the team. And I, I started looking at the schedule again, Jeff. And I, the more I looked at it, the more I think it's just a really difficult schedule. And here's why. You open with the Packers. And Aaron Rodgers has seen it all. You're not, you're not, you know, he's going to be ready for that game. You're not going to get any breaks there. Uh, then your road opener is at Philadelphia on a Monday night. That is a brutal place to play a night game. The crowd is crazy. We know what happened, you know, uh, when they played their last big game there. I think that's a terrible place to open on the road. Okay, then Detroit, then at London against New Orleans. New Orleans is, probably isn't going to be great this year, but the London trip can take something out of you as a team. Uh, okay, then Chicago. At Miami, I think it's tough. You're playing in heat uh, still fairly early in the season against a, a team that might be really difficult to play against. Uh, Arizona, Washington. You know, at Buffalo's brutal. Uh, Dallas. You got to play New England. Uh, who knows what the Jets will be? Obviously, some of the you know you get to play Detroit and Chicago twice each. That might be a blessing. Uh, Indianapolis might be good. I don't know about the Giants, but then finishing up. I mean, there's a soft spot in the schedule there, but finishing up at Green Bay, at Chicago, definitely in cold, maybe in bad weather. I think that's a tough way to start. So I I look at the beginning of the schedule and the end of the schedule, and I see I see trouble spots. Yeah, and and here's where I would would kind of disagree in terms of the schedule. Okay. I, I think the advantage that the Vikings have this year is they have nine home games, only seven true road games, away games, and the one neutral site game in London, instead of going to New Orleans, I think is a big advantage. They've got Dallas on a – I'm sorry, they've got New England on Thanksgiving, so the, the Patriots have to travel on a short week. 
I think that's an advantage to the home team. And to me, the schedule kind of breaks up in terms of the difficulty. And there, there's some softer spots in there with, with teams like the Jets and the Giants. And I'm not going to say Detroit's a soft team because I think that they've improved. I think the Bears are in rebuild mode. <clears throat> and I do think it's, it's a difficult start with Green Bay here. <clears throat> And, and at Philadelphia, but I, I do think when you look at the Packers and as they come back this year with all the changes they've had in that receiving core, no Devontae Adams, no Marquez Valdez-Scantling, they, they've got to get their second rounder Christian Watson and Sammy Watkins, the veteran, in, into the mix, and so I kind of think it's good to get the Packers early in here. <clears throat> and I think there's going to be great energy in Kevin O'Connell's head coaching debut. And the fans will be crazy at U.S. Bank Stadium. It's a 325 start. So certainly they'll have time to, to get in the mood, shall we say. And I think it's a good time to play the Packers. <clears throat> the Eagles, I think that is a tough game on a Monday night. But the Eagles aren't great. And so if they can split those first two games, then they get Detroit. New Orleans, I think, in London is a big advantage, as I said. And then the Bears back here at Miami is going to be tough. I think they have a really good chance to, to start out 4-2 and two at the bye. And they do have, a, I think, the toughest stretch of the season is that, that kind of three-game stretch at Buffalo, Dallas, here and New England here, and you're talking about facing the AFC favorite. The Cowboys have beaten the Vikings the last two years here. And then to finish at Green Bay at Chicago <clears throat> in the cold, as you said, is definitely a challenge. But the Bears aren't great, and they handled Justin Fields last year. His supporting cast has not been markedly improved. And so I think they've got a really good chance, as I break down the schedule, to, to win 10 games and get in the playoffs. And I don't necessarily see them beating out the Packers in the NFC North. I think they can stay in the hunt for a while and maybe even until they go to Lambeau on January 1st on New Year's Day. But I think that's when they'll probably get knocked out. So I don't think the schedule <clears throat> is that difficult. I think it breaks down pretty well for the Vikings, and I think they have a chance to have a really good season. I stand corrected, uh, although I will say that your optimism is not on the same level as the optimism of somebody we'll bring up here shortly. Uh, we're also getting some NFL news here and some other uh, Vikings developments. But first, let's uh, thank our longtime sponsor, White Bear Lake Superstore, whitebearlakesuperstore.com. Yeah, thanks, Jim. Always happy to talk about the White Bear Lake Superstore, Buick GMC, and my great friend, the owner, Paul Rubin, his general manager, Charlie Gutrell. They're fantastic staff. Minnesota's number one volume. Buick GMC dealer six years running with the best selection and their super friendly premium team. Check out that great website, whitebearlakesuperstore.com, and you'll see 0% APR on most GMC and Buick SUV models, including the stylish Encore GX. And check out the all-new next-generation GMC Sierra 1500. Reserve yours now and explore the GMC Sierra HD. And don't wait, reserve your all-electric super truck, the Hummer EV. 
The Wiper Lake Superstore is also the Quigley 4x4 van superstore. They are a certified elite dealer. Only 7% of GM dealers make the cut. So visit in person at 3900 Highway 61 North in Wiper Lake or online at wiperlakesuperstore.com for all your vehicle needs and the premium experience. Buick GMC, we are professional grade. And if you'd like to advertise with this show or any of the shows on the network, the Krasinski show is on fire right now. Twins are in first place. The Chin Music Show with LaBelle and Roy is doing really well. You can reach out to Karen Cleary at K-C-L-E-A-R-Y at TalkNorth.com. Thanks for listening. We do appreciate it. Uh, so a local radio personality uh, who once told me that the Vikings were going to go to the Super Bowl and they ended up going 3-13, and who once told me the Vikings were going to whip the Packers in a game the the Vikings lost about 51 to three is now predicting that the Vikings will win the Super Bowl this year. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if your prediction comes true and they win 10 games and go to the playoffs. That wouldn't surprise me at all. Uh, I would be very shocked if this team uh, trying to put the defense back together, trying to get a little more out of Kirk Cousins, trying to stay healthy with a lot of players who've been injured or injury prone. I would be very surprised if this team got to or won a Super Bowl. What's your view of that? Yeah, I think that, I think that's a stretch, <laughs> and it certainly would, would be an exciting, exciting season for the Vikings and, and the fan base. It's been a while, about oh, 46 years, shall we say, <laughs> since since the Vikings have been to a Super Bowl, which coincidentally was my first season with the Vikings back in the Bud Grant Purple People Eater era, and those were fun years, definitely, but. It's been a long time, and I just don't think they're quite there yet. But you never know. No one would have ever thought the Cincinnati Bengals would have gone to the Super Bowl last year, and they got there. And so it's it's definitely possible, but not probable, shall we say. I, I just think that so much is going to depend on, as you said, the health of the team, and particularly, in my view, Daniil Hunter and Zadarius Smith. If those guys can stay healthy all year, and be double-digit sack guys, I think that is so huge to set up everything on defense and to help the secondary, especially the young guys, such as Andrew Booth Jr., Cam Dantzler at corner, Lewis Seen at safety, or Cam Bynum. And and so those are the, those are the, some of the things that would concern me if I'm Kevin O'Connell here, as, I, as I've been on vacation, maybe sitting on a beach or something, and I'm thinking like, ooh, is that secondary going to hold up when we face Aaron Rodgers one, when we face A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith in Philadelphia week two? And and so I, I think those are some of the question marks still have to be there. And offensively, the skill position people are definitely, I think, basically as good as anybody in the league. Maybe not. Maybe Cousins is a – top 10 to top 15 quarterback, but his his skill position guys, Jefferson Thielen, Osborne, Dalvin Cook, Madison, Irv Smith Jr., that's a great group. And if the offensive line holds up, and I think, again, that right guard spot who's going to emerge there, is Bradbury going to hold up at center, or are they going to move one of the other guys over? How's that going to play out? There's still enough question marks that you say, well, yeah, it's going to be tough to be a Super Bowl team this year. 
Yeah, I, I think so. But you know, we're in the silly season. Everybody's throwing all kinds of stuff out. Let's get to some actual news. Friday is a deadline for franchise ta- tag deals. Uh, anything dramatic on the horizon there? Yeah, I think the, the player that's most interesting to me is Orlando Brown, three-time Pro Bowler, Kansas City left tackle, Patrick Mahomes, blind sign protector. He he wants top left tackle money, which is basically $23 million a year. The Chiefs reportedly are offering top right tackle money where Orlando Brown started his career, and but he did play left tackle the last couple of years, and the top right tackles are making 19 a year, including Brian O'Neill, the Vikings. And so there's a little bit of a, shall we say, a, a discrepancy there in, in what, what they're looking for and what they expect, and he has not signed his franchise tag. And what that means is that he can hold out of training camp and not be fined. So... From Kansas City's perspective, I'm sure the concern is, especially with a big guy, <clears throat> if he holds out all of training camp or comes in a week before, is he going to be in shape? Is he going to get hurt? And especially a guy who's as important as Orlando Brown to that offense. So that's that's the one I'm watching most closely. The other the other guys, Jesse Bates, the Bengal safety, couple tight ends, Dalton Schultz in Dallas, Mike Gasicki in Miami. Those are the other guys that are kind of on the cusp of this Friday deadline for franchise tag tag players to sign long-term deals or they have to play into the one-year tender. So we'll see how that shakes out. Orlando Brown, I think, is the kind of the focal point around the league right now. I had friends who cover the NFL who've been saying that if uh, a player pulled some of the stuff that Dan Snyder had pulled, they'd be suspended for – you know, at least a year, maybe forever. Dan Snyder keeps getting away with it. Now there are reports he's hiding on his yacht so he can't be served with subpoenas or be forced to testify. Uh, I mean, what do you make of this guy? And what do you make of the way the NFL handles him? Yeah, they already fined him $10 million, but that's a drop in the bucket for for Snyder and and, and the Washington franchise. And and then put in that bogus thing, well, his wife's going to run the team, <laughs> yeah, right. which was laughable. <clears throat> and not to say that she's not capable, but I, I don't know that she has the executive wherewithal that some of the top women execs in the NFL do, shall we say. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and, and he's stalling, evading, trying to say, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll volunteer, voluntarily test, testify to the committee, the House committee, uh, investigating the, the misconduct of the Washington organization. With all the all the sexual harassment, discrimination allegations, and of course the difference legally, if, if he if he doesn't testify under subpoena, he doesn't have to answer questions. Mm-hmm. He's not forced to answer questions, and he can't be potentially charged with 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 perjury. And so he he's saying, yeah, I'll voluntarily testify. And then he can answer whatever he wants it to answer, as opposed to the the committee subpoena, giving him the subpoena, and then he's forced to testify and forced to answer questions. So yeah, I, I think it's typical to me of Dan Snyder, who I don't think is a good guy, and I've had I've had my own interesting history with him. I, I just think he he's a guy that that thinks he can do whatever he wants to do and write his own rules and. We'll see how it plays out with, with with Congress. And you know that other owners are 
upset with him, embarrassed by him, worried about him running a franchise, damaging their reputation. It Do they not push for more punishments against him because they don't want to set a precedent that owners can be punished? I, I think that's part of it. And to get him removed as an owner would take 24 votes, three quarters of, of, of the membership, which is not going to happen because, again, it's setting a precedent that an owner can be removed. And these owners, they want to leave when they want to leave and they want to be able to sell when they want to sell and get the price they want to get, not be forced to give a fire sale and get a, get a cheaper price for their franchise. So <clears throat> they're not going to get any help from the ownership group in terms of the, the Washington fan base <clears throat> that, that wants to remove Dan Snyder. I don't think that's going to happen unless he just gets tired of the whole thing and decides to sell it for whatever north of probably $5 billion. If, if the, uh, the Broncos are being sold for four and a half billion dollars, as reported by the Walton Penner family, Washington is an even more valuable franchise. And it, it was interesting to see Condoleezza Rice joining that, that Walton Penner family group that's purchasing the Broncos and, and she's certainly had a, a lot of interest in football and sports, was served on the college football playoff committee for several years. And, and I think that's, that's good news to have someone like that involved with, with the league. It's amazing what's happened to the value of the league, the value of franchises. Uh, and, you know, yes, of course, player salaries have gone up too. But, the, man, if you got in as an owner in this league a long time ago, I mean, the, the profits – and it's happening across all sports – but it's just the NFL is the most profitable sport. Uh, it, it, it's stunning. You know, it, it, it really just doesn't feel that long ago that you had, you know, just your local businessman running the an NFL franchise. Now you still have those guys, but now they're they're worth billions or they've sold for billions. Yeah. And, and for for people like like the Wilf family and Ziggy and Mark Wilf as the principal owners, whatever they paid. At the in 2005, I believe it was probably, I think it was was around what 650 million dollars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> look, look, look how this franchise has appreciated, and and yeah, they they have put a lot of money into into the team, a lot of money into the stadium, and certainly into the into the facility out in Egan. But they're going to get it back someday, and I think that they're enjoying their ownership and and have have their children involved. And and I think that they're going to be here for a long time. And I think they are, they are good stewards of this franchise. And uh, it reminds me too, that Minnesotans panic anytime somebody from out of town buys a local sports franchise. When's the last time a local sports franchise moved? Exactly. And uh, yeah, I think that was a lot of concern about nothing as it turns out. And, and, and really, where where are you going to move to a better market than this? Right. What what's available that that would be the equivalent or better than the Twin Cities, which I think is around the fifteenth biggest mm-hmm. market in the country, and places like St. Louis, San Diego, they're not they're not as big, and so yeah, I I think that that's that's not going to happen. And the other factor, and this is what I tell Timberwolves fans, are worried about A. Rod moving the team as well. Uh, listen, I'm sure I'm sure at some point 
Lori and A-Rod may threaten to move. The reality is these leagues, if they want to fill an, an, an open city with a franchise, they'd much rather expand and get billions of dollars in, in uh, expansion fees than just let a team relocate, which really doesn't do them any good. It might actually hurt them because they'll be moving from a bigger market to a smaller market. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. And and so I yeah, I would not be concerned about the Timberwolves either. As you said, there could be some threats about about Target Center and and building a new arena. Or I don't I don't know that those guys want to renovate it again. I think that they they want a new arena. We'll see how that plays out. But but yeah, I, I don't think the Timberwolves are going anywhere. I don't think any of these franchises here in Minnesota are going to be leaving. No. Uh, let's get a final spot from Jeff. Thanks again to our Talk North team, Brandon Morton, Rand Burdett, Karen Cleary, and all the hosts uh, of all the different outdoor variety and sports podcasts on the network. Again, go to talknorth.com to check them out, then subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's easy. It's the best way to listen. Uh, and thanks again to White Bear Lake Superstore, whitebearlakesuperstore.com. Jeff, give us a final thought. Well, I guess my final thought will be on golf. <laughs> Good. I guess Partially because I've got the the Open Championship on today, it's the 150th version of of the Open Championship, which is always fun to watch. And but I was thinking about Adam Thielen tying for fourth at at the American Century Championship last weekend in Lake Tahoe, which was a great performance for Adam. And <clears throat> Tony Romo won it for the third time, but the Vikings were well represented. Uh, Adam was there, had a, had a great showing. Harrison Smith, who's really gotten into golf lately, tied for 27th. And Patrick Peterson was there, tied for 46th. Joe Maurer was there also. And so, yeah, the, so Minnesota was well represented. And congrats to Adam on a, on a really good performance. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure there are people out there who are jealous that Adam Thielen makes big money and is an NFL star. I'm jealous that he can just be good at Everything. Just just go play <laughs> golf and be really good. That's what I'm, I'm jealous that he just has one of those swings where he can just go play great golf anytime he wants. Yeah, exactly. And he he is a great player. There's no doubt about that in football and in golf. <laughs> no doubt about it. All right, we'll get a little more serious as uh, camp approaches in the coming weeks here. Thank you for listening to Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider. And thanks for listening to TalkNorth.com.